There's one big takeaway after last night's seven to four loss to the Edmonton Oilers. The Nashville Predators are in big trouble, folks. Let's talk about it today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast available on all platforms and available on YouTube. Thank you for not giving up on us like the team apparently has. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. Well. Well. Jesus Christ. Wow. That was, that was one way to spend an evening, my friends. Huh. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't even know what, where to start with this. Uh, I'm going to start with this. Like, I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm going to acknowledge the fact that the Nashville Predators had a better third period that Mm -hmm. they came back and actually looked pretty strong towards the end of the game. I'm actually also going to acknowledge the fact I don't care about that in one bit. I do not care that they got momentum. I do not care if everybody looks at that and says, oh, well, you know, they, they played themselves strong. That's all you can do. Now, you know, we'll try to build off and take that to Calgary and do, 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 do. I don't care. I have zero diddlies mm-hmm. about the Nashville Predators finishing the game strong because the game as a whole, the start to the game, and for most of the second period was enough suckage to last a freaking lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I mean, and here's the thing. I think because the suckage came so early and so quickly in that first period, I mean, the Predators got their first goal 34 seconds in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Swedish brother and Matthias Ekholm got his first goal of the game. And we're like, oh, right off the bat, we're punching. We're coming out punching. And then... Cal or not Calgary, Edmonton rattles off. It's the same place. It just has a rodeo. <laughs> Edmonton just rattles off four goals in a row. And you are coming out of that first period and you literally are crawling at the sound of the bell back to your corner to throw up in your bucket. That's where the Nashville Predators were. And, you know, you can come out and you can finish the fight but you still crawled to the corner after the first bell and you cannot dig out of a hole like that. Now, I will say the Predators, like you said, I'm going to be the guy that says the thing that you don't give a diddly poo about. The Predators did play better as the game went on, but that's not how you can win hockey games. That's not how you get your team to the postseason. That's not how you win in the postseason. And that's not how you get a Stanley Cup. 
It's First off, I, I, I don't think you know what that bucket in boxing is for because it's not for throwing up. It's not for throwing up? No. It's like the, the bucket. It's like collects like the... Uh, let's let's not let's not do oh. that this early in the morning. But that's that's not the okay. that's not what the bucket is for. That's like they toss water on you and like sponge you off. Oh, okay. Well, I would just be throwing up if I got my butt handed to me like the predators did last night. I would be throwing up. Remind Go me ahead. never to be in your corner during a boxing. Game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, this seems like a good place to start the one words, and my mm-hmm. one word. It's not fancy. It's not a reference to anything. Mm-hmm. It's just insanity. You know why? Mm-hmm. Because the definition of ins- insanity, as the famous quote goes, is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Mm. It seems like that's what the Nashville Predators seem to be doing here lately. And look, you know, we've talked about this before. Give John Hines a lot of credit for taking this team uh, when they were kind of lost, Mm -hmm. when they had sort of lost their way, when they didn't really have a clear direction and pulling them all in the same direction and building an identity. My problem now, that identity is not winning hockey games. And I don't understand how it's taken more than a calendar year to realize that. Now we've talked. We talked yesterday about the um, how it just seems like some of the younger skill players, how it just seems like they're giving mm-hmm. being given the smallest leash, and if they don't fit into this sort of vision for the bottom six, then it's either hey, it's either your second line or you're a healthy scratch at this point. We saw that come into. Again, play again last night. We glad Ellie Tolvanen came back, but Cody Glass, who John Hines had touted less than a week ago, is somebody who deserves some more playing time, somebody who deserves some more chances. Healthy scratched again after, let's be honest, probably 1.25 games of sample True. size. Not True. even not even two full games. We see that again. We see this sort of gritty, grindy nose to the grindstone lineup get absolutely lit up and ran circles around by a fast paced team that still has physicality. Look, and like Edmonton has proven it. Like you can have a fast finesse team and still play a physical game. True. Like Edmonton does it. Colorado it. has proven it. Uh, The Florida Panthers prove it. The Calgary Flames prove it. So I don't understand this sort of stubbornness about that this is the identity the Predators need to win games. It's not. It hasn't. And it didn't last year, to be honest. Like, the Predators would grind through games – you know, win with, you know, with heart and a lot of depth players coming up and scoring and that's all well and good. And then they would play against Tampa Bay or they would play against Colorado or Calgary or Pittsburgh or some mm-hmm. of these teams that were top class in the NHL and get their butts handed to them on a silver platter. They would go back to their throw up bucket in their corner after periods or whatever, whatever happens in, in boxing, according to Ann's box rounds. Yeah. Um, 
yeah. it, it's just like it's it's not working. Like it's not working. And the more John Hines tries to make it work, it seems the further and further the Predators are getting from any semblance of being a team that's going to compete. Yes. And and that whole conversation brings up two thoughts for me. Number one, I always go back to, you know, my experience comes from parenting. And, and I've said this before on the podcast, you parent the kids you have, not the kids you wish you had. You know, and so if you have a roster where this identity style of play isn't going to work, then you have to figure out how to make the roster you have work. And, you know, and I understand that, you know, that uh, David Poyle has, you know, built a roster around this particular form of hockey, this style of hockey, this identity hockey. But if it's not working, you have to pivot at some point. Like it's square peg round hole. You, you have to coach the team you have. Um, and you can continue to try to coach them into this identity style of hockey. But at some point you have to weigh what, am, what are the things that I'm sacrificing to make this happen? And we talked about it yesterday. Are we sacrificing more younger skilled players like Cody Glass, like Ellie Tolvanen, like uh, Phil Tomasino to make this happen? So that's a whole conversation. The other thing I want to say is when you talk about this identity style of hockey, you know, can you win with this style of hockey? And I think the answer is yes and no, because you can win enough games in this league to become a, a playoff team, to become a competitive team with this, because you are going to beat a lot of teams that are not Edmonton, that are not Calgary, that are not the Florida Panthers, that are not Colorado to get into the playoffs. That's what the Predators did last year. You can beat enough teams playing this style of hockey. The problem is that the teams that you're going to face in the postseason are the teams you can't beat. Edmonton, Colorado, Florida. Those are the teams that are going to make the playoffs. And I think at some point, this style of hockey works to get you there. But the teams that you struggle to beat are the teams that are in the playoffs. And, you you know, can the Predators take this style of hockey and get to the playoffs? In theory, yes, they've done it before. This season, it's looking a little rough, not going to lie, out of the gate. But when you get to the playoffs, what are you going to be able to do against the teams you can't beat? And that's what Nashville ran into last season. Something needs to change. And I think the first thing that needs to change is within John Hines. Like John Hines has to change his philosophy, I think. Because right now, all these tweaks, all these, you know, putting more skilled guys in the lineup for, you know, a couple periods at a time mm -hmm. before putting Michael McCarron or somebody back out there, it's hurting the Nashville Predators. And every just line shuffle, Every same combination of players just in a little bit different ways at this point is just duct tape on the side of the Titanic, hoping that that is going to close the gap that's going to doom them all. And that's where it feels like we are with the Nashville Predators right now. Let's talk more about this game uh, because there is a lot to break down from the 7-4 loss to the Edmonton Oilers. But first... Let's talk about something positive, shall we? Let's talk about today's sponsor, 
Built Bar. We need to talk about Built Bar's amazing new reimagined flavors, and there's quite a lot of them. They have Cookie Dough Topper, Coconut Brownie Bar, Coconut Brownie Topper, and White Chocolate Peppermint Granola. It's Built's take on the granola bar, so it's more filling and still insanely tasty. That's not all the new flavors. They also have Candy Cane Brownie Puff. Built Puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious marshmallowy cloud of goodness. Anne and I are loyal Built Bar people, so take it from us. This isn't just an ad read. It is a way of life for us. We both have pantries full of this stuff mm -hmm. that we eat on a daily basis and, and seemingly gone uh, before we can actually budget out our rations for the week. For anybody who hasn't tried Built Bars before, they're the best tasting protein bars out there. They've revolutionized nutrition as we know it. It's combination 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly, low sugar and calories, just 130 to 150 calories, depending on which bar you get. Just sink your teeth in that first bite. It'll change your life forever. Not kidding. There was a time before we tried these delicious built flavors, and now it is literally the only protein bar I buy. And it's a magical time afterwards. Any new flavor can be your favorite. There's so many to choose from. There's puffs, which are like the little marshmallow candies that we used to enjoy as a kid. There's the granola bars. There's the regular bars with flavors like uh, Cherry Barcia, Mud Pie, all that good stuff. Plenty to choose from. Everybody's got a favorite. So why don't you go and try yours? Built, you got to try it. Get 15% off your order right now by using the code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. Tell them we sent you. All right. Let's talk about delicious protein bars. More talk about not delicious protein deficiency for the Nashville <laughs> Predators. Seven to four mm -hmm. lost to the Edmonton Oilers last night. Um, and... I again I don't I don't know where to jump in on this. Um yeah. what's what's your take on let's do this. Let's just start at the end. Mm -hmm. Your take on the first period. You know what the first period and again started out strong with the Predators 34 seconds in getting a goal. That's great. The problem that I'm noticing in this game, and I think that it's something that we've seen over these first 10 games, is that once there is a shift in momentum, the this Predators team struggles to write it. And so you had um, uh, the first Edmonton goal, Forsberg and Duchesne. You know, I've watched these back. You kind of have Forsberg and Duchesne. There's a transition. You cannot – Edmonton in transition – is just deadly. And you kind of see Forsberg and Duchesne kind of meandering back into the play. And Evander Kane at that point had already scored the goal. Second uh, Evander Kane goal, you see them just sort of split the defensive protection in the slot, find that soft little spot and, and get a goal. Third goal, you have Connor McDavid two on one. I mean, hashtag pray for UC. Um, fourth goal, and, and this is what Edmonton does. Edmonton is just the sneaky kid who always lifts things. He's the kid in the candy store that gets away with taking the pop rocks every time because they just sneak down 
sneak down and find their way in and Ellie Tolvin and lost him. So these were these were goals where the Nashville Predators were just completely outmaneuvered. They were outplayed and outmaneuvered. And once Edmonton got started rolling, it literally rocked Nashville. And John Hines ended up using the team's timeout in the first period because it was like this, the train is off the tracks. We've got to do something to stop this. And and there was a point at which I was like, he's going to pull UC Soros because it it was that off the rails in the first period. Can I jump in there? Please. Why didn't he pull UC Soros? Not saying because it was, he was our best player. Yeah, not saying it was UC Saros's <laughs> fault. No, of course. But at the same time, if you're UC Saros, you got to be thinking, come on, man. Like, yeah, yeah. Here's why I think he didn't because I really I wondered the same thing because so often in in a, it would certainly have been true in this case when you pull the goalie you are pulling the goalie not because the goalie sucks but because the team needs that wake up call like hey you just sacrificed one of your own you just ate one of your own young turn it around I don't think the Nashville Predators are in a space as far as mental resiliency that that would shake them out of it. And that is probably my biggest concern with the Predators right now. I know we've got lineup issues. I know we've talked about, like, how competitive is this style of hockey in the league? You know, we've talked about, you know, just all sorts of things that are going on, penalties and all sorts of things going on with the Predators. But the one that concerns me the most is this mental resiliency that you don't see this team having. Like, you just don't see them having it. And I'm like... This season, you know, started weird with the global series, but you also had this opportunity for this team to kind of connect, to bond on this trip to Switzerland and to Prague. And you've got these two new big pieces in McDonough and Niederreiter that you want to kind of bring in. And I'm like, you were given an opportunity for this team to connect and to sort of build some sort of emotional camaraderie that should translate on the ice. And not only do you not see that happening, but you don't see this team being able, you don't see individual players being able to, to flip the mental script in their mind. Like this is a team that is struggling with mental resiliency. And you saw it in that first period. I mean, Edmonton started rolling. And again, Edmonton's a good team. Like, this isn't all that Nashville sucks. It's that Edmonton is an outrageously talented team. Mm -hmm. But you have to be able to make the mental, you have to do the mental gymnastics when a team gets two quick goals to get yourself back in this game. And this this team, so many times in these first 10 games, has literally looked dazed and confused. It was the same way against the LA Kings. It was the same way against Columbus. There were periods of it you saw it with Philadelphia. Like, Dallas absolutely... Th- that but in, in that instance we could say oh well it's it's you know jet lag it's jet lag it ain't jet lag no more like there is a, a mental resiliency component that that this team has got to find and rely on on the ice and and oh it was not there last night friends it was disappointing because we said the preds needed to get off to a strong start. We said this road trip kind of felt like an audition for how the rest of the season was going to go because look, they had been hit in the mouth so many times mm-hmm. 
on since coming back from Prague, a lot of these games were at home. You know, they only had like a couple of road games kind of sprinkled in in that stretch. So this road trip kind of felt like, you know what, let's have some consistency. Let's get away from a little bit. Let's like batten down the hatches, have some team bonding, and let's kind of get this thing back on track. Remember, it was the West Coast road trip last year in the middle of November that really kind of turned this around for Nashville and kind of got them back on track. They got absolutely hit in the mouth in that first period. I mean, and, and again, 30 seconds in, Matthias Ekholm on what was a really good setup by both Matt Duchesne and Mikhail Granlin to make that play. And I was like, okay, this is it. Like, this is it. Like, we are kind of on the right track. We're going off early. Edmonton's strong, but we got a goal to work with. We're sending a message. And then Mm -hmm. literally five minutes later, you know, it all evaporated with two, like, absolutely dismal plays by the top line. It's that same top line. And look, we just spent, you know, all show yesterday and, you know, part of the open today kind of really coming down on the lineup decisions and the fourth line and all that. But when your top line is getting that royally outplayed, Mm -hmm. you got more problems than just like the fourth line. This is, it is kind of an institutional thing. I mean, um, you watch the replay and it's just like, like, it's like, uh, like watching like the old, um, What's what's that like football game where they're all on like that rotating, like vibrating top? Oh, yes, yes, you're, yes. Like, trying to like get them to the corner. Yes. Then there's like the players that are just like vibrating in place or spinning around. That's what the Fred's defense looked like in the first period whenever Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl were on the ice. Like they were just yes. like kind of spinning in place watching this like speedy cycle and all this skill and just nowhere near where they needed to be to make a defensive play. And again, that's your top line. Yes. That's Roman Yossi on defense. That's Philip Forsberg and Matt Duchesne and Mikhail Granlund, who we mm-hmm. had talked about Mikhail Granlund being a great two-way player and kind of being the, like the, un, um, you know, kind of like the unsung glue guy, glue guy of that top line. And he was just absolutely getting his butt handed to him in the defensive zone last night. And it's just like, that's my biggest concern is look like there's a lot of depth players. We can talk about that all day being the problem, but when your stars are Mm -hmm. playing, when your stars are getting this outplayed, by the other team's top guys. And that's something that has happened a lot this season. That's how you know the Nashville Predators are in trouble. Now, I'm almost, we kind of talked about this before the show. The Preds battled back towards the end. They made it close a couple of times. Forsberg wound up with three points. Yeah. Uh, Granlund and Roman Yossi each wound up with two-point games. Matt Duchesne had a two-point game as well. I almost hate that. I almost <laughs> hate it. Like, I almost hate that this kind of feels like an out. Like, this yeah. is just like kind of a, oh, you know, let's talk more about, like, let's build some positivity at the end of the game. And, you know, to the Preds credit, what else do you do when you're down 5-1 at that point? Just right. make it close and try to look for any victory anywhere. But I almost would have rather just had them lose 8-1. 
because because I feel like you're going to learn more that way. I feel like this is just gives John Hines an out to be like, okay, well, you know, we got some things going at the end, so we're going to put some people back out mm -hmm. there. Yeah. <laughs> If I knew how to spell that, I would make that the title of this episode. Yeah, it's just, it's just, I feel like, I, I almost hate it because I feel like that's going to give an excuse as to, well, we built some momentum and we got some things mm -hmm. going. And I feel like you're not going to make the big institutional changes you're going to have to make for Calgary. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I don't know that I 100% agree but I hear what you're, it's a little bit of, of um, it's the pretty girl flirting with you and then ignoring you, but then she flirts and then she ignores, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like they're emotionally toying with us. Like, who is this team going to be? And 10 games in, absolutely no clearer answer to that than there was in the preseason. We have no idea who this team can be we have no or we have some idea of who this team is and it ain't looking good you know we're gonna dive into what comes next for the Nashville Predators what has to happen what do we need to do at, at what point do we do we curl up in a ball and cry over this it, is it right around the corner it may be but first, we want to thank you for making Locked on Predators your first listen today. When you are done with Locked on Predators, you need to go check out Game to Game and make it your second listen of the day. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked on can deliver. You can follow Game to Game on Locked on NHL. It's available on any platform where you get your podcasts. And also, it's available on YouTube. So, what do the Predators do from here, And Because they got Calgary next. Yeah. Um, they're going to have Vancouver coming up in a game that is feels feels like a like a one in it's ten a trap versus another one in ten MAC team at this point. Um, and, and yeah. you know they got like Colorado coming up down the road, and it's just. Like where where do the Preds go? Like how do they fix this? Is this fixable at this point? Yeah, I think that's a valid question. I for all of the emotion that last night's game automatically brings up among Predators fans and and hopefully in the Predators locker room, you have to remember that ten games in, so we're one eighth of the way through the season. So there is an element where there's still some space to to breathe. But for me, the next 10 games are going to decide the National Predator season because you cannot play like this for a quarter of the season and expect to make the playoffs. And, and look, Nashville's expectation going into this season wasn't making the playoffs. It was getting into the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. You know, so we're we're getting to the point where even this early in the season, you got to get some stuff done. You look like you said the next 10 games. They have Calgary, Vancouver, Seattle, Colorado. They have the Rangers, Minnesota, the Islanders, Tampa Bay, Arizona, Detroit. Mm -hmm. Now there are some games you can go in there and you can go, that's a gimme game. Like we can we can beat Vancouver. It's a trap. Mm -hmm. To quote Admiral Akbar, it's a trap. You know, like there is not one of these next 10 games 
that the Nashville Predators can afford to spend one minute, one shift, one period, nothing with their foot off the gas because they have got to come out of these next 10 games with A, some idea of who this team is, B, some idea of what the consistent lines are going to be and to build on that and C, they got to come out of this with a significant number of wins if they want to right this ship. So we are an eighth of the way through the season, the next 10 games, like we're already at critical mass here, folks, next 10 games. And it starts Thursday against Calgary. That, my friends, is not a gimme game. This is like, like it's it's Calgary part two, or it's Edmonton part two. So, you know, at every single game, the Predators play from here through November, you know, the end of November, they also have Colorado again, Columbus and Anaheim to kind of round out the month. But this November, every game is going to be a game that decides who this team is. Every game, whether it's Vancouver or whether it's Colorado. Yeah, and it's it's they're running out of time to to figure mm-hmm. it out. Uh, you know, I think Chris Mason said it best, and when he talked about this last night, and he said, "You're wasting a lot of time trying to figure things out at the start of the season. You kind of want that ball rolling after a month. It feels like we're still in the middle of preseason, and John Hines isn't quite sure who he wants in this roster, who's going to be his yes. top line. He for sure would lasted two games." As, as a top like as a top six guy after being so sure throughout all the preseason, you know? Yeah. You can't figure out if Ellie Tolvanen is, you know, kind of a fourth line extra guy, your second line winger. You can't figure out if Ryan Johansson is going to stay with Nino Niederreiter. And it just seems like there's these tweaks that happen every other game. And there is a long road ahead for the Nashville Predators. And I agree with you. I think there's still plenty of time to turn this thing around. But you got to start making some decisions and rolling with it. And you got to give these guys a chance to build momentum. And you got to make some tough calls on players. It's like, look, are they NHL players or not? Are they helping us win games or not? Mm -hmm. No, I agree with that. Yeah. That's going to be the big thing these next couple of games. And look, if I'm John Hines – you know, I look at some of these players. I look at somebody like Cody Glass. I look at somebody like Ellie Tolvanen and be like, look, we have, what, another week and a half left on this road trip. I'm putting you in in this spot for the next mm-hmm. three days, and I'm going to see how you do. You may get killed one game. You may bounce back with three points the next game. I'm going to see how you do. I'm going to give you a chance to kind of play yourself out of any rough stretches. I'm going to play you like I would any other top six winger on that line. And I'm going to see how you do. I think that's what John Hines needs to do with some of these skilled players to see where they fit in. And look, if, if John Hines gives somebody like Cody Glass or Ellie Tolvanen, you know, a five game stretch, and the Predators are still where they're at and they're still kind of making these, you know, not confident plays or whatever, then fine. Then, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they're just destined to be like really good AHL players or maybe they're destined to be a better fit somewhere else. My point is right now, it's it doesn't seem like they're giving an opportunity to see what they can do. For the star players, you... I, I don't know because those aren't inside the realm 
of like a John Heinz roster decision. Right. You guys. can't bench Matt Duchesne. Yeah. Those are guys that you are paying to be really good at hockey night in and night out. David Poyle invested a lot of money in those guys, invested yeah. four years of Ryan McDonough via trade, gave Matthias Eckholm a new contract that kicked this year, gave Philip Forsberg an eight-year contract that kicks in this year. There is a lot of stuff tied up. And those that, to me, that's the biggest core because what do you mm -hmm. do to get those guys going? Yes. That is a question right now, Anne. I don't really know if I can answer because I don't know they're going to have to kind of write the ship themselves. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And it's very frustrating because so, and, and I understand, I have sympathy. I think that the only thing harder than having a career year is repeating a career year. But you know that Philip Forsberg and Matt Duchesne and Mikhail Granlin and Ryan Johansson and Roman Yossi, you know they can do this. And and for me, especially as I look at Matt Duchesne, I'm like, you're in your head. You got it. You got it. And I agree with you. They have to figure out how to work their way out of this. But it has to happen now. Like you have had these first 10 games to fumble around. It has to happen now, and it has to start with the top guys. We can talk about Cole Smith and Zach Sanford and Kiefer Sherwood all day long, but they're not what is costing the Nashville Predators games. It's top guys. Let's let's end on stats, Anne. Ooh, that's I, need hurt. To, I need to highlight this. Leon Dreisaitl, his last 10 games against the Nashville Predators – yeah. 18 goals, 26 points in 10 games. 10 games, 18 goals against the Nashville Predators in 10 games, 26 points. That is two and a half points per game against mm -hmm. the Nashville Predators. They need to rename Lower Broadway Dry Sidle Way because that man owns us. He owns the Nashville Predators. Owns yeah. us. Change his name to Haslam. Uh, <laughs> his, his name is officially on the lease at yeah. Bridgestone Arena. He is the person that the Preds call daddy at this point. <laughs> he, he is. He is. He, he is the guy sitting on his perch at the top of the Batman building in a chase like sofa yes. sipping a glass of brandy staring down at his creation laughing maniacally the preds cannot shake the leon dreisaitl curse who needs connor mcdavid at this point when really? you have this guy putting up wayne gretzky style of numbers came in and came out against the nashville predators Jiminy Christmas is this is like this is like insane. I cannot remember. There have been some Preds killers over the years. Early Jonathan Chichu, Pavel Datsuk, uh, guys like Joe Thornton when he played for the Sharks, Logan Couture, Joe Pavelski, mm -hmm. some of these like notorious Preds killers. I have never, never in my 25 years or whatever it's been of watching Predators hockey seen. This level of domination against the team by one particular person. Yeah. 
he has Nashville's number and it's on speed dial and he don't even look to dial it. It's bad. Yeah. Man. Uh, <laughs> this is, it so is absolutely bad. insane. It's so bad. What did we, what did we do? What did we do to Leon Dreisaitl to make him hate us this much? Oh, I mean, if I was Connor McDavid, I would just take the Preds games off. Like you go on, take yeah. like a little he, week, take a little it. vacation. He's got it. Yeah. Yeah, we don't need Starsky and Hutch. We just need Hutch for this one. Fact. We just need Hutch to solve this mystery. Um, again, Preds play Calgary on Thursday. They're going to have to do something different. Yeah. Uh, because if they come out with the same, some sort of same combination of players with, you know, the same sort of physical identity or whatever it is, I don't even care if they win that game at this point. I'm like, if you're doing the same thing, I'm going to have an angry show for you on Friday. So we'll see how that one goes. Uh, for the rest of you, make sure you listen to Locked on Predators every single day. If you like us, rate us. Give us five stars on whatever platform you use. Be sure to subscribe as well. And if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to hit the subscribe button and also the bell notification that way you'll be the first to know when we get new content out follow us also on twitter at lo underscore predators so you'll see whenever we have any important updates on the show or ask you guys for feedback or any sort of fan related questions and where can the people find your work you can find my work at insidethepreds.com and you can find me on twitter at ank underscore mama on ice you can find me at onthefourcheck.com or on Twitter, underscore NS Morgan. Come say hi. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow. We'll see you then.